Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. To be fair, they're all weird Kirby games. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with ya. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as I am always joined, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. Mark, how's it going? It's going great. Bold of us to play that as our opening music, because I worry about, you know, people commuting to work, going to school, having to hop off their bikes, pull their right. cars over to the side right. of the road so they can get out and dance. It's 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 such a great little piece of music, and obviously we are featuring uh, pieces of Kirby music at the tops of all of these uh, episodes. Uh, and I got to say, real banger, Kirby Blockball level two. Look, people, I, I was once you. I was once doubting the power of Kirby Blockball. But let me tell you, it's amazing. It's just a great game. It's just a great game. It's just a great game. That's all there is to it. We're going to be discussing weird Kirby games in a minute. But first, I want to tell you about the Sonic Forces borrowing program. My copy of Sonic Forces for the Nintendo Switch. Would you like to borrow it? You can. All you got to do is email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at gmail.com. Give us a mailing address where I can send you my copy of Sonic Forces. One small thing about that. There may be a copy of Untitled Goose Game in there. Uh, that's fine. There's no reason, no no reason, no reason to panic, no need to panic, no reason to panic. Uh, you play whichever game you get for as long as you want. You send it back. I pay for postage both ways. It's the perfect borrowing program. Another thing we got to tell you about before we, we tell get you into about it. weird Kirby games is you can leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We appreciate it so much. It helps people find the show. Also, Patrick and I love reading your reviews. Here's one thing I forgot to say on Tuesday, so I am saying it today with emphasis. Mm. If you Emphasis a, added. If you leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, we see it. We will give you a shout-out on the show. Uh, we can't see if you leave us a review on Spotify or other like podcast stores. But, but we, we appreciate it all yeah, the same. we still want to give you a shout-out. So hit us up on Twitter. Send us an email. And we'll give you a shout out. Uh, and then we are, of course, in Kirby month right now, nearing the end of it, which, again, I just just can't believe this week we are, of course, discussing weird Kirby games. And next week we will be having a, I don't know, a review discussion about yeah, a brand new Kirby a game. A full on Kirby hoedown. That's right. A, that's We are declaring next week the Kirby hoedown. Not the Herbie Codown. Um, we are playing Kirby and the Forgotten Land and talking about it. Um, but Mark, before we do that, we got to talk today about weird Kirby games. Let's get into it. Mark, I'd like to start off with an email uh, from Anthony. Anthony writes, hello, Patrick and Mark. Um, Play here. He says, "I, I want to." Uh, he says, "I know I'm cutting it close to Kirby Month, but I have a few suggestions." 
it doesn't matter as long as it, the and this email came in uh, like four weeks ago so it's fine <laughs> you're doing great anthony um he says play some weird kirby games those are usually my favorite off the top of my head there's block ball pinball land dream course and star stacker and i think block ball is the best out of these um Anthony, I got to agree with you. Uh, we have to do weird Kirby games. We're devoting an entire episode to it. Um, and maybe tipping my hand, I also maybe agree that Block Ball's the best. It's I, so I fun. Know, I don't know if it's tipping our hand at this point. Because we've been saying it. <laughs> it's uh, it's our new favorite thing to talk about. I mean, I, uh, well, I may have actually a, a, a different oh. a, a different favorite on, oh. on this list. Although I do... Just absolutely love it's uh, so Kirby good. Block Ball. I do feel a little bit before we get into the meat of it. Yes. That uh, I almost have to like, I feel like we have to apologize maybe for the name of this episode. Um, I feel like in our pre-Kirby month ignorance, before we had really experienced what Kirby, Kirby had to offer, we were coming up with episode topics and we were like, oh, well, we'll do an episode on weird Kirby games. Right. Without really wrapping our head around what that meant. Well, and we've we've committed to doing shows about weird whatever in the past, right? We did a whole episode with Greg Smith about just weird games. That's maybe one of our l- most ill-defined episode ca- topics that we've ever discussed. But uh, yes, I think we need to define what we mean by weird games. Because Mark, as you rightly pointed out before we started recording, before we started recording... All Kirby games are weird. It's like, uh, yeah. And I don't think I realized that to the extent, like we had talked about previously on the show, when, you know, bantering about Kirby, we'd say like, man, they get all like cosmic and weird at the end. And so that's kind of in my mind. I was like, oh, okay. That's like standard Kirby. You have like the yes. 2D side-scrolling Kirby stuff. And yeah, it gets weird. But then there's all the other stuff. But and I think that is still probably, like, the definition. Yeah, I think that's still the dividing line. Um, it, and where on one side is if it's side-scrolling, if it's platforming, if you are pressing up to, you know, puff yourself up with air and, like, fly through the level. Probably if there are copy abilities, though a lot of the weird games do have copy abilities. And Kirby's Dreamland famously doesn't have copy abilities. Um but like you, you know it's you, you know it when you see it. Where you're like, this Kirby game is not like the rest of these things. Um, th- that's what we're talking about, right? Right. Um, and like if we were to uh, break it down into, because I, I think the the uh, like analog here is Mario, right? Like you know when a Mario game is a regular Mario game, and when it is a weird Mario game, or like a, a Mario expanded universe thing. Mario Strikers, not. Uh, a normal Mario game, right? They're playing soccer. Um, but I think where... Because Kirby also ends up, like, doing all these, like, different things, right? There, we, We've got a handful of, you know, maybe, like, eight games that we're going to discuss today. And there are a couple more that we probably could have played on, on top of this um, that are Kirby games. Um, but they're, you're doing something fundamentally different, right? Um, and I think... You know, I talked a little bit before about how Kirby is sort of like delivering on the idea of Mr. Video that Mario was originally intended to be, right? That he can be the player character in any kind of video game. And I think like Kirby does that, but does it in a different way, right? Because when Mario is in a golf game, Mario is just playing golf. But when Kirby's in a golf game, he's the ball. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's true. You don't see Mario transforming, you know, into like the soccer ball. Yeah. Or yeah. Well, and like it's re- remember we read this news story uh, on on Tuesday um, about uh, Mario Strikers um, that originally they had it as like kind of a platformer soccer game where like Mario and Luigi are like dancing on top of the ball to like make it move and stuff um, and like. That's a Kirby move, right? Like that if Kirby had a soccer game, first of all, he would be the ball. But like that would be that kind of thing where they tried to like mesh these two things together harder. Um, whereas Mario's like, no, we're fine just like painting over, you know, a regular golf game or mm-hmm. regular tennis game with Mario characters and power-ups and stuff. Yeah, compared to Kirby, Mario is boring. Yeah, so boring. Also, Kirby's all about, I mean, in a lot in a lot of these cases just becoming the the implement of play right like um and play in a very like video game sense uh pinball uh block ball being a, a breakout clone even something like uh air ride um like those are all like video game types that you're just like inserting kirby into and not like regular sports or like regular meat space game types yeah absolutely kirby is so is like down for whatever yeah, absolutely. I, I feel like he's the he's the Saturday morning cartoon version of what Mario does, right? Yeah. Um, it's uh, a little bit crazier. It's way more colorful. Not that Mario's not colorful, but it's way more colorful. Um, and it's just like childish and fun and like down to have a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Mark, would you like to start talking about individual weird games that we enjoyed? Yeah, let's do it. Um, do you, would you like to go chronologically by release order? Or do you want to talk about our least favorites first, our most favorites last? Yeah, let's... That's uh, the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> let's... Okay. How about we start... I don't, I don't really know. I, yeah. It felt like I was uh, leading up to something. I was leading up to nothing. How about we talk about some of the ones that we have like previously touched on before? Mm, okay. When you say previously touched on, you mean in our lives or like uh, through the course of through the, the show? course of this, and w- ones that at least I specifically like don't have a lot more to add. Okay, but yeah. still, I think falls into this weird Kirby game category. And so the one I'm going to start with is Kirby's Pinball Land from 1993. Uh, it's a Game Boy game. Yeah. Um, and this is a pretty good pinball game. Um, it is uh three tables. Uh, but you sort of like select the tables from a like sort of level select also table right yeah uh it is like kirby's the ball kirby's the ball yeah it's a pinball table that has three like squares on it and uh depending on where you hit kirby is the level that he'll start in and you have the ability uh to like warp between them you can earn that on the different boards but i feel like so one thing that's notable for me about this game is how early it is in Kirby's life. Yes. Just like one or two years, but there's already so much like Kirby iconography. Yes. You know, like uh, he, that just follows it every follows Kirby throughout its entire life. Like things like King DDD and King DDD looking like King DDD does. Yeah. You know, is it's like, not a design that's evolved at not all. Not really. You know, it, compared to Bowser's evolution, mm-hmm. it's really remarkable the consistency that Kirby has had almost from the very beginning. Yeah. Well, and part of that is like the designs are so simple. Um, like they will never draw two lines where they only need one, right? Like, 
just look at Kirby's design. He's a circle and like some little flippers and like eyes and maybe he's blushing, but probably not. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, and the the other thing that Do like, you think Kirby has toes? He's got boots, right? Right. He wear he wears shoes. He has little shoes. I would guess Web no feet because he doesn't have fingers. Oh yeah, they're just like flaps. Can you name a single creature that has toes but no? Fingers? Uh, but no fingers. And the answer is a bird, of course. <laughs> Back myself into a corner on that one. <laughs> but Cur- maybe. Well, let's put it in the maybe in the maybe pile. I don't yeah. really want to think about Kirby's toes. Is Kirby it- a bird like dinosaurs are birds? <sighs> he flies. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got hollow bones, probably, if he has bones. If he has bones at all. He doesn't have a beak. He does not have a beak. But King DDD's a bird, right? Yes. Because he's got a beak. Uh-huh. Okay. I don't think Kirby's a bird. I think that's probably true. Okay. <laughs> oh, d- so Kirby's Pinball Land, pretty buck standard pinball game. Has some fun things in it, like um, some of the mini games we talked about, the sub games, yep. uh, which we talked about last week. But for the most part, just like a competent, nice pinball game. Yeah, I mean, for for me, the the thing that sets it apart from like other uh, pinball games of the era. Um, or on the Game Boy or uh, like the NES, um, is the ability to warp between the tables, um, like hitting that warp star and then being like either kicked back out into the main like level select or, um, you know, actually like taking you over to the, uh, another table and just like continuing to rack up your single score. Like um, even though it has this uh, element of like moving from table to table, you're still all doing it in service of like a single high score chase. That's kind of fun to me. I think that's cool. There's also some uh, something a little bit sad when you lose a ball in Kirby Pinball Land because yeah. it's Kirby. <laughs> well, and you have a you have a chance to save it, right? Right. When it goes off screen, and it's another one of these Kirby goal game things where like you have to push A at like the secret. This one right time. I cannot so figure out so for the difficult. life of me. I think it's when it's at the very bottom you have to push Wild. A. Oh, because basically what this is is you know like in pinball games to start a game you like pull that spring back and like yeah, shoot that, that the ball plunger, yeah. yeah and shoot the ball into the uh board Kirby Pinball Land does not do that you just right. kind of like start at the level select screen but the level select screen is kind of like the very bottom of the entire board yeah and so when you fall through there is this almost it's not a plunger but it is this almost like platform that acts that same way yeah it's got like a little bit of a springboard quality to yeah it. if you push a at the the right moment and it's just flashing on the screen press a and you're like now now what do i do <laughs> um but yeah you gotta wait until it's like all the way at the bottom you have an opportunity to like launch the kirby back into um, the boarding and keep playing. Um, but like, depending on how you do it, th- there are ways that you can save it where like you really only get up a, a little bit into the board. Um, or like you can launch him all the way up to the top. And that's another thing that I like about these boards is that they're, they're tall. Like they are vertical. Each one has like three different levels to it. Um, so, and it's a little strange cause they also have like a halfway between where like you can see sort of t- parts of, of two boards, uh, feeling the, the limits of the, um, the game boy display technology there. Um, but yeah, I mean like all in all a pretty competent, fun pinball game. Yeah. Uh, on the lesser side of weird on the continuum of these games, we're going to be talking about. Uh, yeah. Yeah. One well, also, um, maybe a little bit, uh, on the lesser side of, um, I was going to say the lesser side of Kirby, but it's still very Kirby. It It's a lot of like Kirby, um, I, you know, like images 
The facade is there. The yeah. facade is there, but yeah, the the gameplay itself doesn't really scream Kirby. Yeah, and again, we are so early in what Kirby is that it's sort of amazing that they're like, oh yeah, and the second one is a uh, pinball. I yeah, don't they know. just like nailed it. Yeah, they're just like, oh yeah, we've got Kirby down. Yeah, we got him. Um, so then, do you want to go to like other games that we are just sort of like going to? Uh, mention a little bit more glancingly. Yeah, let's do that. Okay, so uh, let's let's uh, let's address this because I don't know if I agree with its placement on this list. You put down Kirby's Epic Yarn. Defend yourself. I okay. So I feel like it is a normal quote unquote Kirby game in the sense that it's a two D platforming Kirby experience. I think it is not a normal Kirby game in, like, I don't feel like it plays like a regular Kirby game. I think its goals are different from a regular Kirby game, right? It has, unless, correct me if I'm wrong, but, like, it has no fail state. You cannot die in Kirby's Epic Yarn. Uh, yeah, I think that's right. Uh, all, all you can do is lose gems. Yeah, I mean, the the, the game truly is a... Uh, a good feel game, right? Like it, it plays very much like uh, Yoshi's Woolly World, and sort of before that, um, the uh, the WarioWare, um, Wario no Land Wario Shake Land, it. Shake It, yeah, thank you, um, where uh, except like w- Wario Land is also, I think, pretty successfully a, a Wario Land game, um, but I will agree that like it's sort of the good feel formula stapled onto Kirby. This is also a, one of the only Kirby games not developed by Hal. Weird in that way. Weird in that way. Um, Prince Fluff, weird in that way. Yeah, so I, I feel like it's not so far divorced from what Kirby is, but it is a very specific take on a Kirby game. Right, so honorable mention, I guess, to uh, Kirby's Epic Yarn. Uh, weird for only sort of being a weird Kirby game. Uh, what else on this list do you think uh, are we not going to touch on too much? We're not going to talk too much about Kirby's Air Ride. Right. Um, sort of just but for practical reasons. Uh, neither of us have a Wii or a GameCube that we could play this game on. Um, I, I've never played uh, Kirby Air Ride. I, I think I've played it a little bit, but not enough to really speak to it. You think you have played it a little I bit? I think so. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, Mark, I think at this point I want to uh, pause for a second uh-huh. and say... Uh, I apologize for any time that I say Kirby and I mean Kirby's like possessive or when I say Kirby's possessive and I just mean Kirby. That's right. Um, because the names of these games uh, seemingly use it interchangeably. Kirby Air Ride and Kirby's Pinball Land. Yeah. And you have the odd Kirby colon canvas curse. Right. So popping I mean, up there now and then. What are we supposed to do here? Like it's... <laughs> It's it, it's impossible. Let's actually move on to uh, Kirby Canvas Curse because that's another one that we're not going to talk about um, specifically, but we are going to talk a little bit about its basically its sequel, mm-hmm. right? Or the the game that uh, has gameplay most like it, uh, Kirby and the Rainbow Curse. Uh, Rainbow Curse came out in 2015 on the Wii U, um, and Canvas Curse is a 2005 uh, DS game, so 10 years previous. Uh, again, just wild that they can come up with a kind of Kirby game and not do it again for 10 years. Um, so there's there's hope for another Kirby's Block Ball yet. Um, but uh, Mark, do you want to talk a little bit about Kirby and the Rainbow Curse? Yeah. Um, so Kirby and the Rainbow Curse is uh, the the way in which this game is weird. This is another one that is uh, both weird and allows you to play it sort of not weird. Um, but you control this game. There, There's a Kirby that rolls around on, on the screen, sort of like up in the air. Um, and you can draw little lines of like rainbow paint um, that he will 
uh, sort of follow, and you can tap on him to like make him speed through it. But the second player can 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 control the bandana waddle d, um, who Mark, you spent most of the time that we were playing controlling the bandana waddle d. What's that experience like? It's it is basically like playing just a standard Kirby game. Um, with the added complication of the other player not being able to do standard platforming stuff. Yeah. Um, so, like, the, it, it is cool that, like, in addition to uh, drawing things on uh, the gamepad to uh, direct Kirby's motions and, like, make him attack stuff, make him collect things, you're also able to, like, dr- make little barriers between Kirby and, like, enemies or, like, block a waterfall or something, which is also necessary to protect the the bandana Waddle Dee. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like... There's a lot sort of happening in this game. Uh, you and I didn't play it for too long. Um, I, I played a little bit uh, beyond by myself. And I think the game is really uh, cool, but I'm not too interested in playing it by myself. Um, there's something about the control scheme that's so limiting, and it feels like I'm fighting it the whole time. Um, and just having another player able to control it like a regular game Um makes that feel not so bad yeah i'd be super interested in watching like a speed run of it or something like somebody who is really really good at the controls and to see what that looked like because the few times as controlling kirby it uh, i it never got to the point where it was like clicking and where it felt like it wasn't right, like a ton right. of work like it was never like flowing naturally to get kirby to move through anything see now this is why i think you and i would be a great team here because i really like the control scheme, even if I like feel like I'm struggling with it. Um, and, uh, you know, you're an excellent uh, platforming uh, video game player. We should just play through the whole game together. <laughs> I will say, uh, I think that I would struggle with that or I would have to have a barf bag next to me because the... Mark does not care for the art in this game. Actually, so the, the art itself kind of reminds me of, um, you know, uh, like a Wooly World aesthetic. Like kind mm-hmm. of also has that... Kirby vibe a little bit. No, sorry, Yoshi vibe a little bit. But Kirby himself is disgusting to me. Every it's, everything is made of clay. Yes, but which like, is important to know. Yeah, yeah. Everything is made of clay, and for the most part, cool. But like Kirby is like undulating. Yeah. Like he's like a like full of like a bag of sausage that's full of worms. Like it's really gross. You want to talk about Kirby's toes, but <laughs> as soon as soon as Kirby's made of clay, it's too much. I think there's something, like, it's too handmade. You can almost see, like, the fingerprints on him. Yeah. And that 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 grosses me out a little bit. The music, on the other hand. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Spectacular. Yeah. yeah. Re- really, really great music. Um, I I really liked the, uh, the aesthetic. Uh, and, like, you know, there was the opening cutscene where, of course, Kirby's asleep on Planet Popstar when something terrible happens. Like, what? Uh, say what you will about Kirby, but I... One thing I will say, yes, lazy, yes, totally lazy. Say, but well, here's 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 one thing you got to give it to Kirby though, he gets his eight hours. Yeah, every yeah. night. Oh, oh, his model's eight for sure. Going back to our pro con list, yes, of um Kirby as life partner. So we already know con, uh, reactive instead of proactive, right? Pro. He's always gonna look great because he's getting that sleep. That's right. He's got that like he's got that glow uh, in his skin, bright pink. Well, and also like I think he would be good at encouraging you to also take time off and relax, right? Oh yeah, maybe to maybe in a detrimental to a fault. To a to a fault. fault. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna lose your job. Yeah, um, unless something's bad, because then he's like strap on a bandana and grab a spear. <laughs> right you now we're you're going my to work. Waddle D. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't want to be Kirby's Waddle D. Con. Con. Do not want to be a Waddle D. Uh, okay, so I, th- I think that's uh, we've discussed uh, Rainbow Curse um, pretty well, which is also, I, you just got to serve as our Canvas Curse as we didn't really have access to it um, to play it. Uh, Mark, where would you like to go next? Keep in mind, and keep in mind, listener, that we have promised that we will talk about uh, Kirby's Dream Course in this episode. Let's talk about Mass Attack, because um, I would love to hear your experience about with Mass Attack. Yeah, so Kirby Mass Attack uh, is, uh, I, I was a little, not worried, but I was like, oh, is this going to be another one of these, uh, like, you're drawing the Kirby Path um, sort of games? It's it's a DS game from 2011, um, and it invo- you start off with one little Kirby um, you start, it's a regular Kirby who gets blown into uh, 10 little Kirbys. Um, as hey, when that happens. It just happens, you know. Sometimes a Kirby becomes 10 Kirbys. Um, and the gameplay is sort of a mix between... It still feels like a side-scrolling platformer in a lot of ways. Um, but you are directing the Kirby's uh, attention by either tapping on objects you want them to attack or interact with. Um, or you are just tapping a place on the screen where you want them all to go. Yeah, when you were playing it, my first thought was like, oh, this is really like Pikmin-y. It's a little Pikmin-y. It definitely has a, a feel of um, uh, like Lemmings or um, the uh, March of the Minis, the like Mario versus Donkey Kong um, thing. But it, I feel like I have so much more direct control over them, um, even if it's still like a little bit sloppy just on account of its like the touch controls. Um but the the game is so like it's so open and so like welcoming to you experimenting on like how you approach it. Um, the only barriers for like getting into the next level, um, well, you have to you have to finish a level and then it like opens a. There are sort of like concentric circles on the the world select screen until you get to the middle, um, and as you get higher or as you get closer into the center of the circle, the numbers associated with the levels get higher, and you need to have more Kirby's in your party to go into those levels. Um, and uh, it's it's just, it's kind of amazing how much exploration and um, like combat they build into this like touch based control system. Um, you know, a, a lot of like flicking Kirby's at, at your enemy at the right time. A lot of uh, like double tapping somewhere to make them run uh, to get out of the way of an attack that you can see coming. Um, when one of your Kirby's gets hurt and like, so they, they go from pink to blue when they get hurt. And when, if they take damage, when they get hurt, they die. And there's like a little Kirby ghost that's like kind of floating up and you can save them by throwing other Kirby's at them to like, you know, nail the Kirby angel to the ground and like bring it back to life. Um, But yeah, it's just like, I don't know. It feels frantic and like, energetic gameplay this is my like stealth pick for best weird kirby game i absolutely love kirby mass attack um and like i feel like there are more you see a lot of the the like old time uh kirby enemies but there are a lot of new kind of uh kirby bad guys about um it's also features in sort of a a lesser way the squeak squad um from the uh from another um uh, ds game kirby squeak squad um, so it's just like, uh, it, it expands on the Kirby mythology in a way that's fun. And just the gameplay is, uh, super compelling and awesome. Um, I wish I had a copy of it, uh, like a, a card cart. Um, so I could, um, play it on my 3DS. Uh, I'm currently playing it on the Wii U, which means I have the touch screen on the gamepad and the top screen, um, on the TV, uh, which is, is it's functional, but it's, it's weird. You know, I, I want to be able to like see both screens at once. There's also something 
very fun about just having that many Kirby's on screen. Oh yeah, and hearing all their like little squeaks and stuff, and like when when you uh, when you make like ten of them attack one guy, um, and like you can just see the, the enemy like make a weird face, and like all the Kirby's <laughs> are just like latched onto him, like punching them in, in the cheek, um, and then uh, they the way they finish him is always like lift him up and slam him into the ground. The Kirby's are brutal, man. <laughs> but no, I I think it is a, truly a a a great entry in the series. Um, and like sort of uh, like opened my eyes to the like sheer variety of what like a full Kirby game could be. It also has, uh, when we mentioned this on uh, last Thursday's episode, some great sub games. Um, this is where the uh, Ash, is it Astro Patrol? Aero Patrol? EOS? Astro? I forget exactly what the name of it is. Um, uh, but it's it's like a a top down um, shooting flying game, um, and then also the uh, Kirby's Brawl Ball, which is another pinball table that you can play um, with bosses and stuff. It's all just like in there. Um, so the the game is fully featured. I think it is uh, one one of the best. How about we move to Kirby? Because I feel like uh, we can leave Kirby Dream Course for the end. Um, but how about we talk about Kirby's block ball or say whatever more we want to say about Kirby's block ball before moving on? Uh, okay. So Kirby's block ball, I mean, Mark, do you want to set up what Kirby's block ball is? Yeah. So this is a breakout like game. Actually, I'm going to read Josh's email. Josh (laughs) says, Hey guys, my first Kirby memory was Kirby's block ball on the game boy, which I am reading now is a breakout clone. Although I guess I never played breakout. Uh, I was very young and I didn't like the game very much, but I played a ton of it because I didn't have that many games. This would later confuse me when playing Smash Brothers and Kirby's head uh, was eating all these people and had these floating powers because he didn't do anything like that in Kirby's That's block amazing. ball. Sorry, Mark. You- <laughs> no, I mean, Josh summed it up. Uh, I Okay, I have I guess have not played enough of Breakout because I think of it as just like a very simple arcade game. Um, and it, I... Kirby's block ball gets so much more complex. Yes, with paddles on four different sides and yep. like the and a- boss enemies that yeah. you have to fight and mm-hmm. like learn their uh, learn their attack patterns and stuff. But like the best of the Kirby, like the best of the Kirby sub games or the best of like the Game and Watch series, it is something that is so simple and uh, it's easy to grasp what you're supposed to be doing. But then the kind of like joy of the game comes in mastering it and just getting like progressively better. And they, you know, they layer on additional abilities. Like in the beginning, it's just little tiny Kirby bouncing around and, you know, you hit one item once and it uh, disappears. But then later you could get this kind of like trampoline ability that when you time it right with the little Kirby and you bounce him up, he becomes like big puffed up Kirby. And so he can do more damage. And it's just like really smart about metering out these uh additional abilities in a really like um in a way like the timing of it is perfect yeah it feels like appropriate and like you're learning new stuff at like a fun pace i I, it also has this game has copy abilities in it so um you know when you get like the uh, electricity copy ability you can trigger it and kirby like he's able to blast through objects that he wasn't able to blast through before. I mean, it's just a matter of like, you know, pushing B the, the B button to like sort of activate it and make him like fly through the, through the air in like a, a more uh, damaging way, Um, which can be helpful for 
uh, clearing obstacles that you couldn't clear before, fighting enemies, of course, uh, but especially in fighting bosses. Yeah. Oh, I, and I feel like generally speaking, Kirby games are fairly easy. Like when we were playing Planet Robobot, I really enjoyed it, but I ended up with, you know, like 50 lives or something like that. Yeah, like yeah, I was yeah, never yeah. really at risk of dying at any point, but I feel like with Kirby Block Ball, you know, like you have opportunities to earn extra lives in these mini games, and I was grateful for those opportunities. Yeah, it feels like meaningful, right? Where you're like, oh my god, yes. <laughs> um, it's also like it does one of the things that like I always want for a repurposing of like classic arcade style games, where um, it's not about the high score chase anymore, mm -hmm. where like. Because that, that's really all that Breakout ever is, right? Is that you're just trying to um, get a higher score and, like, get, you know, for, further in the maps. This, like, has a little bit of, like, a story and, like, a direction. Not a story that's overselling it. But, like, a regular sort of progression with bosses and, like, opportunities to play, like, bonus games and stuff. Um, it just takes uh, something like, you know, pinball or... Um, you know, any sort of arcadey experience and makes it feel more like a game that mm -hmm. you can just spend a bunch of time playing. Yeah, absolutely. Plus, it has that amazing music that we played at the, at the beginning of this episode. Like, it's it's uh, Kirby's Block Ball is um, uh, one of the great joys, wonderful discoveries of, of Kirby Month for absolutely. me. Absolutely. It's just a great way to spend, like, a few minutes playing a game. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Um, all right, Mark, are you ready to move on to... The, the the main feature here, the uh, the marquee title, Kirby's Dream Course. Got an email from Matt. Matt writes, Hi, Patrick and Mark. I'm super excited about Kirby Month. My favorite Kirby game of all time has to be Kirby's Dream Course. I must have played it for at least 200 hours since it came out in 1995 on the, for the Super NES. It's one of the weirder Kirby games. <laughs> yes, that's right. Uh, and gameplay that has elements of golf and pool billiard games. It's, a, it's a, an overlooked gem, in my opinion. The game is absolutely fantastic and reveals its complexity little by little as you learn to use the different mechanics and copy abilities. The music stands out even for a Kirby game, and I still find myself humming some of the game's tunes from time to time. The development history for the game is also quite interesting, uh, as it was not initially intended to be a Kirby game. If you're interested, search YouTube. Well, we're not going to search YouTube. Um, uh, it would be absolutely amazing if you could talk, uh, if you could cover Kirby's Dream Course on the podcast. It's available on Nintendo Switch Online. To fully appreciate the game's mechanics, I would recommend doing the tutorial and maybe even watching uh, a, a an, uh, an all-hole-in-one uh, run for um, on, on, on YouTube before getting started. Uh, thank you so much for making one of my favorite podcasts. You always lift my spirits with your positive attitudes and your creativity. Have a great Kirby month. It's Kirby month. <laughs> Josh Groban strikes back. <laughs> uh, yeah, Mark, uh, Kirby's Dream Course. Is this a game that you have had no. experience with prior? To no, okay. I've, I've never, I have no memory of playing this game. I know we never owned it. Um, so this was an entirely new experience for me. Wasn't in really sure what to expect. How about you, Patrick? What is your experience with Dream Course? So Dream Course is a game that I did uh, try to mess around with a couple years ago. I think when the Super NES Classic Edition came out, um, that it, it is on there. Or maybe I played it on like the Wii Virtual Console or something like that. Um, or you know what? I have it on my 3DS. I know that much for sure. Um, and I found the game at that time to be 
And so maybe I should have looked up some like hole in one uh, kind of walkthroughs. I feel like it's a little obtuse um, for my liking. There's so the, the the way the game works is you have uh, you have all these different like holes. They're like holes in golf, um, but you know they're taking place on some like you know. Uh, funky outer space astral plane whatever um and it does like a super fun job of recreating uh like a 3d environment uh with like slopes and and all this sort of stuff um like it's all really it does a good job of convincing you it's using polygons um and uh you are controlling kirby but uh with sort of like golf mechanics um so you can choose uh what direction you're uh hitting kirby in whether you are doing uh, like an arc shot or just like a putt, basically, um, and then there's a there if it's a, an arc shot, then you uh, have two little meters that you have to like time up right, uh, and if it's a putt, it's just one, um, and uh, you have to eliminate enemies. And once you have just one enemy left, that enemy turns into a hole, and then you go into the hole, and that's that's the end of the game. Yeah, and then the uh, the other kind of like complication in it is that you have four meta tomatoes mm -hmm. and every time you uh, like hit Kirby, you move Kirby, you lose a tomato unless you hit an enemy. So you also have to finish the course without um, exhausting your like moves essentially. Right. But also if you're getting to a place where you've exhausted your moves, you are so far because you're, you're theoretically playing the game against all these computer opponents, right? Um, and they are pretty good at the courses, right? Like they know how to play them. Um, Wait, really? I never, I, I never played against a computer character. Well, so this is what I'm saying is that like it, theoretically you're playing against them because at the end you see like another character and like how how many strokes they finished it in. Really? That's what happened to me. Oh, interesting. I are we playing the same game? I don't. <laughs> I don't. I so like. I don't remember that at all. Or like, that was not my experience at all. My experience was like, I was going through the course and then at the end, it would just, I would almost have like a scorecard when I was going from hole to hole yeah. that would tell me like how many moves I did it in. Um, well, maybe it only shows you that if you've been beaten by someone, because I get beaten by someone at, at, like over and over again. Um, I don't think I'm very good at this game. And uh, one of the like hangups that I have about it um, and this is a fun game, which is not going to be us ragging on uh, everyone's favorite Kirby's Dream Course for, you know, 20 minutes. Um, but my, my, like, kind of hang up about it is that I don't have a good gauge of um, how hard I'm hitting Kirby until I've already done it. Um, so, like, you know, I can aim for anywhere on that little meter, and I'm pretty good at getting it to stop exactly where I want it to. Um, but... You know, like I don't have any. Oh, halfway up. How far does that move, Kirby? Like I, I don't know. Um, I don't have that internalized yet. How were you able to get around that, or yeah, that well, or internalize it? Kind of. <laughs> and the reason I say kind of is because um, I think Josh did a good job of describing it. It is a golf game, but it really... this is Matt. This is Matt. Oh, yes. sorry, Matt. Matt did a good job of describing it because it is a golf game and a lot of like the trappings of golf, but. It feels a lot like a billiards game as well. And really, uh, I fell victim of my own kind of like mania where uh, because we're playing on the Nintendo Switch Online and it has that like 30 second rewind feature yeah. that I couldn't, I couldn't just let a hole go. I had to figure out how to do it in a hole in one. 
which is a fun puzzle. And so I would constantly be like, like, did I ever like master the meter? Not really, but uh, hole to hole, I became really good at it because I would, you know, like um, uh, hit it at one, you know, meter level and then see how it reacted and be like, oh, I got to like adjust that just a little bit. And so hold it like in a hole, I became very good at figuring out what the meter did. Yeah. But like in general, like I couldn't just look at a course and say, oh, if I hit it halfway, this is how far Kirby's going to go. Yeah. Which honestly, like to me, seems like how you would have played this game as a kid, right? That like you would have memorized how to do each of the courses and then just like executed on it. I do think that if um, like this is one of those sort of memorizable games, right? Where um, you could get really good at it uh, and then like execute it perfectly like you're playing punch out, right? Um, where you just know exactly where to put everything and when to swing and all this kind of stuff. Um, but it would feel like a a, a cool like Rue Goldberg uh, contraption um, where you're just making all this cool stuff happen. Yeah, totally. Especially because like the physics are pretty good. Yeah. You know, there's lots of um, opportunities for you to like fall off of the course mm-hmm. or uh, parts where it has like a border around it. And when you go, when you hit the border, it'll push you back in the opposite direction, like stuff like that, where it's like, yeah, like I think it opens up a lot of possibilities for how you can get through each of these holes um, and finding that kind of like perfect route. Because one of the things that I thought was cool is that it's not, you can hit the enemies, you can kill the enemies that you need to kill in order to move on in any order. Yes. And so there's also like a little bit of optimization in there. Right. Because you're like, like, who do I want to become the whole? Uh, right. Especially yeah. when there's like a very, because the last enemy that's on the board, uh, they, you don't kill them just when they're the only one left, they turn into the hole that you need to roll into to complete the course. And so, you know, there are some courses where it's very like narrow and long and, uh, you know, on one end is one enemy and on the other end is the other enemy. And, you know, there's enemies in between, but you have to kind of figure out, like, okay, I'm going to have to go uphill at the end here. Which one is really the best one for me to, like, attack first? Right, right, right. Well, and uh, this is another one of these that has copy abilities. um, And you can, you have to, like, take into consideration, like, okay, I go over here, get this copy ability, and then I can use it to... Man, I, I think that the way this game uses copy abilities is uh, sort of ingenious, right? Um, like, in all other Kirby games, like, oh, yeah, you see an enemy attack a certain way, you use the copy ability, and now you attack that way. And it's like, okay, that's a one-to-one, like, I get it. Um, but this, man, when you're using, like, the snowman ability to, like, freeze the water and, like, skate over it, or when you're using the uh, the parasol ability to, like, uh, stop your like arc shot like short so you can like drop right down on something. It's it kind of ingenious. Yeah, when I figured out that because in one of the levels I got this like electricity power. Yeah, and I didn't it, like early in the game and I didn't realize that it was like a copy ability. But then I got the wheel like one or two yep. holes later and I felt unstoppable. Yeah, yeah. I like, mean, the, the wheel, look, wheel may be, oh, I, we've talked about our favorite copy abilities. The wheel, a good one. It's a good one. It's a good one. <laughs> Limited utility. Yes. But when something is designed for it, it, it feels great. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it, this is a good game. Like, uh, it, I find it a little strange that uh, Kirby's Dream Course, I don't have like an analog for it. Like, I can't think of another game like it that like has its priorities 
Um, like it's similar in some ways to golf games, but also, you know, like you say, has so much of like the pool influence. Um, yeah, but it's I, like so adventury. Yeah, I found it. What I was found that pool panic game from uh, Adult Swim a couple of years ago? I right. wonder if I were to revisit that. I played that for a little bit, and I don't remember having the same feelings for that that I had that I have for uh, Kirby's Dream Course. And I, th- one th- thing that I thought was made this unique to like golf games and other stuff is it, like it kind of like forced me to approach it as a puzzle game rather than like yeah. a golf game and that distinction in my head um and maybe if you're good at golf games like you're approaching all of these as like puzzle games we'll never know <laughs> no, I, I definitely never will but yeah like dream course was because in general i'm like i you know i don't really like golf games that much but it, being able to approach it as like a puzzle game really kind of like changed my mindset around it and i really enjoyed Derby, kirby's dream course for that um, I'm looking at some video of uh, Pool Panic right now, and no, I I, I don't think it's very useful for me, because um, then it puts it in the same bucket as um, Block Ball and uh, Pinball Land, right? In that, like, it is a like classic arcade space style game, but with Kirby stuff in it. Yeah, and I think what really what are we missing there's no kirby darts game there's no there's no kirby skee-ball game kirby skee-ball kirby skee-ball oh that'd be such a good sub game yes yes it would that'd be so good i i think another thing for me that makes kirby's dream course more enjoyable than like a standard golf game is that the goal is not really to get you know kirby into a hole or something you know into the goal immediately as quickly as possible like yeah the complication like it. exactly the complication of having like the enemies and then being able to figure out like kind of you're in control of which where the goal is going to be in a lot of the courses not all of them but um i i think that that is just an interesting yeah part it's, of it. it's like a little twist on it and like it, well so many kirby games are based around um, especially in the sub games, no, but also all, all around are based on like a multiplayer experience. It's neat to take a like fundamentally sports or game idea and soloify it, right? Like you are abstractly, at least in my experience of the game, evidently not in Mark's experience of the game, uh, competing against a, an AI player who is also uh, trying to get a better score. I wonder if that's when you, cause you know, when you first start the game and you input like your player yes. name or something, I wonder if you, if you have multiple of those, if that's who you're playing against. No, I just have the one. Like, I have no idea. The rest of them, all of their icons are like uh, the enemy icons of like uh, that little like jester guy who like hops around on the ball. Or, so, okay. After yeah. this, we're going to have to see what your, game is like yeah we got it. <laughs> mark it's the same game i know like, but i be just, different i don't know i don't know um all right well so that is uh kirby's dream course um i gotta say another thing that i really liked in there uh that there are like those willow um the like those those boss characters that are the, the trees um that you can destroy if you have a copy ability but otherwise they're just like obstacles yep um i think that's very cool and very smart and i i like how um, the game sort of like trusts you with that sort of thing where it's like, and you, and you never have to kill them. 
Um, all right, that's Kirby's Dream Course. Um, Mark, any uh, sort of concluding thoughts here about weird Kirby games? Any kinds of games that you're surprised that we haven't seen? Um, or uh, just any other conclusions to draw from weird Kirby games? Do you think Kirby in the Forgotten Land will reveal itself to be a weird Kirby game? Oh, man. Yeah, I really don't know. I feel like it has the possibility mm-hmm. that it's going to end up being very different from other Kirby games. Whether it will be weird, I guess, remains to be seen. Maybe perhaps an, an in the eye of the beholder sort of thing. Uh, uh, any uh, any other like kinds of Kirby games that you would want to, or any kinds of games that you would want to see, uh, given the old Kirby treatment? This mm-hmm. could be a whole episode in, in of itself. I know. Frankly, I feel but. like it really could because, but I also feel like you know, um, who am I to prescribe what Kirby should be? Yeah, there you go. Um, I do think there would be benefit to there being like a uh, a collection of weird Kirby games. Um, obviously we get Dream Course on the uh, Super, uh, Super NES Switch Online. Um, but the rest of these uh, are not that easy to come by, uh, especially once the 3DS and Wii U eShops close down. Um, they're basically all going to be uh, ungettable. Um, but they're just such a fun, like vibrant part of the Kirby picture that like I don't know. It doesn't feel like they're making them anymore, right? I, I do miss the these. I, I don't even know what you would call them, but like, you know, there are so many pinball land and block ball and, you know, like these games that existed on handheld that don't really fit in the Nintendo picture anymore. And I do wish that we were getting more of these. Bring black, you know, like do a... Uh, do an, an HD remake of Block Ball. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, give us another Pinball Land. Give us another one of these 20-buck eShop downloadable games that... Because Kirby can be anything, and if it's and that's what makes Kirby so much fun. And if we're just getting variations on Kirby platformers, like, that's a bleak Kirby f- future. Yeah. When I think as long as they, like, sort of stay in the lane of, like... Um, this is a sport or a game with a ball or something like that. This is a, a thing that you would see in an arcade setting. Um, I feel like Kirby's just an absolute slam dunk. We didn't really talk about um, Kirby Star Stacker or um, on the Game Boy or Kirby um, Avalanche on the Super NES, um, but those are really just like Penalty Pawn and um, uh, Puyo 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 Puyo, respectively. Um, and like I I love Puyo Puyo. Um, I don't necessarily need to have a version of it with Kirby. Um, just like I don't need to have a version of it with Dr. Robotnik. Um, but Kirby Picross, make it happen. Give me a Kirby Picross. Man, what does that mean? For what is it like? Is is Kirby Kirby's the pen? <laughs> what if it's like a murder by numbers type like adventure Ooh, game there we go. that also has Picross elements? Um, you know, <laughs> I was playing Kirby Mass Attack uh, before you came over tonight, uh, and I unlocked a new mini game on there, a new sub game that is uh uh, it's it's called Kirby Quest, um, and I wouldn't include this in our uh, our, our greatest sub games because it's not that much fun. Um, but there is a mode that is it's like a, it's just battles in like an RPG sort of setting, um, and it's really just uh, like a reflex tester of like you're trying to stop a, a, a meter in in the right place to deal more damage. Um, but it's set up like a turn based uh, RPG, and man, I would love to see what a turn based Kirby RPG like a full thing. What would that be? Ooh, could you imagine your party of like star allies? Oh my god, <laughs> that'd be so good. That'd be so much fun. Um, do you want it to be paper? Is it a is it a paper Kirby game? Ooh, yeah, man. Yes. 
<laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. Um, all right, uh, Mark, maybe we wrap up our discussion there of the weird Kirby games that we've played for Kirby Month. All right, Mark, that's going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. We would love to know what other people's uh, experience with weird Kirby games. Did we leave any out? And I know we didn't talk about um, Air Ride, but we would love to hear your uh, your comments about that game. Uh, any other weird Kirby games that we left out, games that we over, are overselling the weirdness or underselling the weirdness, uh, please write into us, Nintendo Cartridge Society at gmail.com. Uh, Mark, do you feel satisfied and full of knowledge about the uh, Kirby, the weird Kirby games? Man, it, uh, I do, but it, it, you know, like any good scholarly pursuit, it leaves me wanting more. Yes, yes, it leaves me wanting more as well. Um, you know, we, we had a, a couple uh, quick suggestions or ideas for weird Kirby games. If you listener have any I, ideas, I'd, it, we'd love to hear those too. So write into us all that good stuff. All right, Mark, let's get out of here. Uh, please remember to rate, review, and follow us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get podcasts. If you like this episode, please share it on Facebook or Twitter. Um, we appreciate it when you do that. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell, and the show is at Nin Cart Society. We also have a Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Also, our uh, friend codes are in the show notes of every episode, so uh, become our friends on Switch. Um, Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape Betty. You can get more of his music by going to apebetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Eller saying thank you for listening. Have you ever encountered an unexplained hairy bipedal hominid in the woods? Have you received telepathic messages from an unidentified aerial phenomenon? If so, then you need to listen to Bigfoot Collectors Club. I'm Michael McMillan. And I'm Bryce Johnson. And together with super producer... Riley Bray. We make up the Bigfoot Collectors Club. That's right. Every week we talk to actors, comedians, writers, and paranormal experts about their personal paranormal histories and share stories of high strangeness. Like the time when we talked to Craig Ferguson about the Loch Ness Monster and when a sea witch told him he had raven magic. Or the time I asked Pitch Perfect's Anna Camp her opinion on cattle mutilations. Past guests have included Rachel Bloom, Jen Kirkman, Paul F. Tompkins, Bobcat Goldthwait, and more. So if you've ever been abducted alongside five reindeer by an alien with drills for hands, or witnessed Bigfoot crawl out of an interdimensional portal, don't laugh, happens all the time, then check out Bigfoot Collectors Club on Campfire Media or wherever you get your podcasts. Bigfoot Bigfoot Collectors Collectors Club, Club. you're here to to believe believe us. Wait, is that how it goes? Campfire.